It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is the number one daily sports podcast network in America. Thanks again for joining me on this Tuesday edition of the show, January 22nd. A lot to talk about today. And first off, please excuse my voice. I'm dealing with a little bit of a head cold, so my voice may sound a little bit off. But don't worry. We're still here to give you the latest and greatest when it comes to BYU news notes and insider information layout of today's show we'll be talking a little bit about dave rose a question sent to my gmail account for the show locked on byu at gmail.com always happy to take your guys's questions your comments etc there you also can find us on social media locked on cougars on instagram facebook and twitter happy to hear from you guys we got a question that came in via email we'll talk about it actually kind of falls in line with some of the conversation i'm seeing on twitter today as well we'll talk about dave rose a little bit here in this first segment second segment of the show some interesting comments from kalani sitake via jeff call of the deseret news we'll talk about a little bit about those. We'll also talk about the center position for BYU. James Empey uh, looks like he's going to be a stalwart of the position going forward, but who else does BYU have to back him up with the news that Jacob Jimenez is moving on? We'll talk about that in the second segment. And in the final segment of the show, we'll catch you up on everything else we haven't touched on in today's podcast with Quick Hits. All right, with that, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars. January 22nd, 2019 edition starts right now. As I mentioned in the open, I got an email yesterday from Bill, and it kind of goes in line with some of the things we've been talking about and some of the conversations surrounding the BYU basketball program in recent weeks as they've kind of faltered this season. And let's read the email first, then we'll kind of talk about it here. He starts off, Bill says, Jake, thanks for this great podcast. I listen every day. Well, take a moment. Thank you, Bill, for listening in. And I think all you guys who have listened in, it's great to have you guys on board. I thank you guys for your continued support. And then he finishes it up and says, my question for you is, is it time for BYU to move on from Dave Rose? And my simple answer would be no, plain and simple. I just say no straight up. And that's going to make for a short podcast. But let me explain why to kind of lengthen this out a little bit. I know that a lot of BYU fans are upset about Dave Rose. He's had a long tenure at BYU. Um, Had some pretty high moments as the head coach of the BYU basketball program, no more so than watching Jimmer Fredette do what he did in 2010-2011, winning the Naismith Player of the Year Award. And it's been a long run for Dave Rose. And and let's be real, in this day and age of college sports, anything longer than a decade with a certain program, whether that be in football or basketball, 
that can be considered a very long run as a head coach. And Dave Rose is working his way towards two decades as BYU's head coach. His current contract takes him through 2022, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it'll be a little bit short of the two-decade mark, but he's been there for quite a while. And BYU fans, understandably, are upset about this year's team. There's growing discontent over the last couple of years with BYU not making the NCAA tournament, having to settle for the NIT tournament, uh, NIT Invitational. But this year, it doesn't look like BYU is going to be in play for either one of those tournaments unless something drastically turns around and BYU makes a run in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Uh, the loss to San Francisco with the latest in a string of road losses that haven't been necessary that necessarily that competitive. Excuse my voice once again. It's struggling, but we'll we'll get through this. But he, I think that the the growing discontent is being unfairly thrown upon Dave Rose. I understand that the the a lot of people say, well, what has he done with the talent he's been given? Because he's had a bunch of these uh, top 150, 200 recruits, and they haven't necessarily panned out. My answer to your guys' question, first of all, was the attrition that BYU has suffered with Dave Rose in the last five or so years has hurt the program more than anything he may have done himself. I don't think Dave Rose has done anything to actively tear down the BYU basketball program. He's had guys like Eric Mika, who was an all-league player. Can you imagine having Eric Mika be a senior this season playing alongside Yoli Childs? BYU would be absolutely dominant, in my opinion, if he had those two players. But Eric Mika decided he was out. Can you imagine BYU having Elijah Bryant to play alongside TJ Hawes and Yoli Childs this year, like we all kind of expected at the end of last year? This would be a much better team. They would have the three proven scorers we've been talking about on this podcast that BYU seemingly lacks that third scorer. Bryant decided with the return of Nick Emery, he wanted out, so he decided to go pro. He's now playing in Israel. Best of luck to Mika and Bryant, I hope they wish them nothing but the best in their careers. They had to do what was right for them. But those are just two of the players that have kind of left this program. Frank Bartley, the fourth. I thought he was a player that was on the come for BYU. And he went down to Louisiana Lafayette and by all accounts had a great great senior, junior and senior season down there with the Ragin' Cajuns. A good player. The attrition BYU has suffered has really hurt this program. They went two straight years without having a senior on this squad. This year they have two seniors finally. And they've got to get... Uh, They've got to get things squared up with a younger team that only has a few of these seniors on it that are going to continue to roll on. TJ Hawes is a junior this year. Yoli Childs, BYU could lose him after this season. He could say, I'm done, I'm going to play pro, and I wouldn't blame him one bit. So... I don't think BYU needs to move on from Dave Rose, first off, because of the attrition that has affected him more than anything he has done, in my opinion. Second off, I also worry about, okay, if you were to move on from Dave Rose, who are you going to hire? And I know immediately people say, well, go get Mark Pope back from UVU. Okay. I like Mark a lot. I think he is tailor-made for what BYU wants, and and maybe down the road he ends up as the head coach at BYU, but who's to say he's ready to move on from the Wolverines right now? Is he willing to put up with all of the restrictions, the BYU academics, and also the honor code place upon him? Those are unknowns. If you guys have Mark Pope's ear and you can ask him that question, please email me, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. I would love to hear uh, about his opinion of those two matters at the very least. 
There's other uh, coaches out there that BYU players and uh, former BYU players have thrown out, uh, fans have thrown out, and I just don't look at it right now and think that there's a tailor-made replacement in the pipeline, so to say, for BYU right now. So to answer your question, Bill, hopefully I explained myself pretty clearly despite my voice. I just think that right now BYU has to stick it out with Dave Rose. Trust that guys like Connor Harding, Gavin Baxter, they're only going to improve as they get older. They're off LDS missions. They're just off LDS missions and their contributions this year have been haphazard at best. But that's what you expect from guys just back after two years of non-activity. They haven't been playing basketball every day like they did before their missions. So it's going to be something that you're going to have to just put up with for a time being to get the benefits out of it. Do I think the BYU set up to make an NCAA tournament run here in the next two to three years? I'm having a hard time seeing it myself, but I don't think it's for a lack of trying. I feel like Dave Rose is doing everything he possibly can do, but the problem is he's been beset by the transfer epidemic that's really taken hold in college basketball. Attrition has really uh, hurt his program in particular. Um, I believe that he also thought that the LDS mission rule, the, the LDS mission to age being dropped to 18 would actually help his program. I think he's finding out it's almost better that guys come in and play a year before going on a mission and then come back and play. I, I'm not speaking for him. That's just my kind of my take on the matter. But BYU, I understand that there are BYU fans that are upset. Not making the NCAA tournament, it hurts. The state of Utah as a whole right now, the best bet for an NCAA tournament berth is probably the Weber State Wildcats, and they're going to have to survive uh, a weekend in the Big Sky Tournament to make that happen. They're currently atop the conference. There's still a long way to go there. So I don't know what uh, BYU fans necessarily want. If you guys have coaches in mind that you think are tailor-made to take over, if BYU were to move on from Dave Rose or if Dave Rose got fed up and decided, yeah, I'm not putting up with this anymore and I'm out, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. You can follow the show, like I said, at Locked on Cougars. I would love to hear your guys' suggestions for, for replacements because the way I see it right now, I just don't see a tailor-made replacement for Dave Rose out out there in the college basketball universe. Maybe it's somebody that's at the high school level right now that you feel like can make a jump up. I would I would be very wary of something like that, but let me know what you think. And let me know what you think of Dave Rose as a whole. I love that Bill reached out and wanted to weigh in on this, and I thank him for that. Feel free to reach out anytime with questions or concerns you guys have. I love interacting with you guys and answering your questions on this podcast. This is your guys' podcast as much as it is my own, so let me know what you guys think. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back. Need to talk a little bit about BYU football. Some comments from Kalani Sitake via Jeff Call of the Deseret News. We'll also talk about the center position, the offensive center position on the offensive line for BYU basketball as we continue our position review and preview edition right here on Locked On Cougars. That's all coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
are Locked On Cougars. We are your daily podcast focused on the BYU sports programs, particularly football and basketball. And a reminder for you guys, if you guys do have one of those smart speakers, a Google Home, an Alexa, whatever you've got, you can catch this podcast real easily by telling it, hey, simply play podcast Locked On Cougars and you will have us right there for you each and every day. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host. Talking some BYU football now and... Jeff Call put out an article late last week, I believe. It might have been early this week. Uh, some comments from Kalani Satake on two distinct uh, topics that I, I thought were worth reading. I'll make sure to link this article in the show notes in case you guys haven't seen it. Uh, but he talks about Kalani Satake um, and the concept of the transfer portal. The NCAA created this transfer portal for athletes to enter their names and have coaches from around the country have access to contact them. Uh, and Kalani Satake said he's a fan of the transfer portal he said that um, he says attrition is part of college football I'm quoting from the story here it's always been there there's been transfers every year at every program that just happens what's great about the transfer portal is it allows kids to put their names out there and get recruited before this year when the portal wasn't around you could you could you just told your coaches that you were going to transfer and you were left on your own to figure something out you're calling people in the middle of recruiting and all you had really were connections and he continues quote now a kid from BYU goes into the transfer portal and can go all the way to the other side of the country if they have a need for that position. I think it's great for the young man and for a college football. It, it allows kids to be at a place where they never thought they would have an option at. For us as coaches, it allows us to go to the portal and see what guys are there to look at and see if it fits what we need. I think everybody wins in this. It's just the first year it's been available, so guys are making announcements. Let them know they're on the portal. It's good for the young men. And I kind of echo that sentiment. Uh, BYU, I think the run on transfers from the BYU football program is over. My sources say that nobody else has really entered the transfer portal since the latest of Tavita Moonga last week. And I would expect that's kind of the last of what BYU is going to do. Granted, guys can make a move at any point. So a guy can wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm out, and he could be in the transfer portal very quickly. But as it stands right now, BYU's taken full advantage of using that transfer portal in their own right. Uh, according to reports, last week they hosted Rice graduate transfer running back Emmanuel Asupa. I uh, played for A.J. Stewart when Coach Stewart, the running back's coach at BYU, was the running back's coach at Rice. Very familiar with what Asupa can do. His career records as an owl aren't great, but BYU needs, a, needs an influx of guys at the running back position after graduations and also some transfers, Riley Burton in particular. So it might, a guy like Emmanuel Asupa could be the, in the mix. There's also been a report that a Florida State running back Amir Razul uh, could also be in the mix. He, According to uh, Chris Hummer from 24-7 Sports, he was on ESPN 960 saying that uh, Amir Razul, who's also running back, is in the transfer portal and could be a guy for BYU to keep an eye on. Razul is a former four-star running back. He's only rushed for 244 yards and one touchdown in three seasons with the Seminoles. Um, if he's not a graduate transfer, he'd have to have to sit out a year, but I would expect if he's played three years at Florida State and he's going into the transfer portal, you'd expect that he probably has uh, done his homework to get in uh, the graduation part so he can be eligible immediately. So 
I think we can see that BYU is like we've talked about the coaching staff is making the running back position very much a big part of what they're doing recruiting wise in the run up here to national signing day in early February they want to bolster that running back position and they're doing everything they possibly can and I'm excited to see how it all shakes out because this is a big time of year for BYU to go out there and prove hey we are a player and we can get guys here a guy transferring from Rice I'm only going to assume can can get enrolled at BYU because Rice is one of the elite academic pro uh, academic schools in this country uh, they pride themselves on academics it's almost been to a detriment of their sports programs at points I felt like uh, in their just kind of their tenure if you remember way back in the day they were in the WAC the expanded 16 team WAC in the mid to late 90s with BYU and Rice is a program that I I, th- I think if a guy's going to transfer from there he can get enrolled Florida State with Amir Razul if he's taking care of the things in the classroom there's no problem about it I know that uh, they've also worked on uh, getting some of the guys uh, working out with uh, with high school athletes trying to get those guys integrated as well i'm interested to see if they're able to land any of these high school players they've trying to uh, done a, they've done a lot of homework there was a report yesterday I, I believe thomas grayson tulsa oklahoma he announced on twitter yesterday that he had been offered by byu i hadn't really heard much about him but by all reports he was a guy that was formerly um committed to nebraska kind of fell through the cracks with their coaching changes etc uh but it could be interesting to see if he is ultimately is an option for byu you don't really think of oklahoma as being fertile recruiting ground for the cougars but it could be an option for him so we'll see what happens with that and i think that the transfer portal that kalani satake is talking about he very much is using it to his advantage, but he's also allowing the young men from BYU that want to move on get their opportunity to go out and look around. Now, turning attention back over to what uh, Kalani Satake had to say to Jeff Call, I wanted to get a few more quotes here. Um, he talked a lot about the move of Ryan Pugh going to Troy as the offensive coordinator and the timeline of getting an offensive line coach in, installed uh, back at BYU, or maybe they decide to just let Jeff Grimes handle it. Who knows? I know that there's been a lot of push by the Reynolds family for graduate assistant Dallas Reynolds to take over that position. I feel like it would be a pretty good move that way. He's very familiar with what Jeff Grimes demands of his coaches and the guys working underneath him. The only question mark would be more about his ability to recruit, but Knowing him being a Reynolds, his dad was a coach for a long time. Dallas is an alum of BYU. I don't think recruiting necessarily would be that big of a stretch for him. But uh, the quote here from Satake about Ryan Pugh says, quote, I think we can take some time here speaking of finding a replacement. Continuing, the major thing is we have offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, who is Pugh's mentor. His expertise is in the O-line, so I don't think it is a huge departure having Pugh gone. Obviously, we'd love to have him around, but it's such a great opportunity to go and be a coordinator. Having Jeff remain here as our coordinator and O-line expert, I think we'll get the right guy in place. I don't think timing is as important as the fit and the person to take over this job. 
I continued here. Ryan Pugh did an amazing job in his first year under the tutelage of Jeff Grimes. We're going to find someone that will fit into that mold as well. I have a lot of great coaches on the staff. They're great minds offensively, defensively, and on special teams. I think we have a lot of great future coordinators and head coaches on our staff. If they're getting opportunities to be a coordinator or a head coach, it means we're doing something really well. I'm really happy for Ryan. He has an opportunity to go close to home and be a coordinator. That's a great opportunity for him, and we're just happy for him, end quote. And I echo what Kalani's saying there. Uh, Ryan Pugh did great things, but you can't turn down an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator, especially as a young coach that Pugh is. He's a rising star in the coaching profession, as evidenced by his ascension from GA to position coach, now to an offensive coordinator position. So hats off to him. Congratulations. And I'm with Kalani Satake also in the fact that I think they should take some time. Make sure you kind of evaluate things. Uh, BYU is going to start spring ball the first week of of March, March 4th, I think is when it's officially supposed to start. And though I think I would expect by then they'll have somebody installed. That gives them about a month and a half at least to really vet all their options and then decide to, to pull the trigger on somebody and get somebody installed. But as Kalani says, an offensive line expert is Jeff Grimes. He's one of the highest paid position coaches offensive line-wise in the country for a reason during his time as an assistant position coach, and he is going to make sure that he gets a guy that can work with him, whether it be a guy that he's worked with previously or somebody he just knows in the coaching fraternity. So I would trust that Kalani Satake and Jeff Grimes have some things in the works, and we'll hear some news, I think, in the relatively relatively not too distant future. I think they would ideally have somebody installed by spring ball, but don't hold me to that. Don't hold them to that. Let them work things out. They've got to make sure that they get the guy that's in place that they feel like gives them the best opportunity to win. All right, there you go. Some thoughts on BYU football. Apologies, we didn't get to the center position. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. I was hoping to kind of shorten up this segment and talk about both, but got a little carried away, but that's what we do here on this podcast, talking all things BYU sports all the time. We'll come back, wrap up the show with quick hits, some news and notes from around the other BYU athletic department programs and everything else we haven't touched on in today's podcast. And we'll do that next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. As we close out this Tuesday edition of the show, wanted to catch up on some of the news with the BYU Athletic Department. We'll start off with the men's volleyball team on the heels of their back-to-back wins over the weekend on the road. The men's volleyball team has moved up to number four in this week's AVCA coaches poll, uh, so they kind of stay stagnant there. But in the national media poll that Off the Block does, and they do a great job, 
They have a national media poll that they have voted on. BYU has climbed up to number three in the country behind Long Beach State and Hawaii. So BYU continuing to stay alive in the national rankings when it comes to volleyball. They're off this weekend before they head to California to face off against UC Santa Barbara. But congratulations to Sean Olmstead's team. They continue to climb in the national rankings. Also wanted to give a shout out to BYU gymnast Shannon Evans. She's been spectacular early this season. She was named as the vault special of the week by the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference for her performance against Utah State last week. Uh, the women's gymnastics team is back home this weekend when they host uh, Utah State at the Marriott Center after squaring off in Logan a week ago. It'll be the second uh, match of the MRGC season for BYU, who's ranked sixth in the country. They stayed at number six in the country after their win at Utah State. So congratulations to them on moving up on that. And then one final note before we go today is that the number six 68 ranked BYU men's tennis team. Uh, battled but fell 4-3 to three to number 66 UNC Wilmington at the USTA National Campus yesterday morning. Uh, so it was back and forth. 4-3 to three is as close as you get in tennis, obviously. 4-3, to three, you can't get much closer. But congratulations to uh, Brad Pierce's team battling back and forth. They're going to be back in action this coming Friday. They're taking on number one ranked Wake Forest at 3 p.m. Mountain Time as they compete in the ITA kickoff weekend. That's going to be a tall task for BYU to pull a win, pull off a win there, but if they do it, that'd be absolutely phenomenal. They'll also take on the winner between number 26 Memphis and number 37 Old Dominion. So big opportunity this weekend for the men's tennis team to make an impact. We'll be rooting for them, and we'll keep you updated on that schedule as it comes about. All right, there you go. That is today's podcast. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, Once again, pardon my voice. It hasn't been necessarily as strong today as it is in the past. Dealing with a little bit of a head cold that's really affected my voice, but thanks for bearing with me. A reminder for you guys, if you do have one of those smart speakers in your home, it's really simple to find this podcast. Tell it play podcast Locked On Cougars, and you'll have our daily podcast right there for you, just with the simple sound of your voice. You don't have to push a button or anything like that, you will have the latest and greatest when it comes to BYU sports right there for you. All right, thanks again for joining me back tomorrow talking about the center position for BYU. Also look a little bit about BYU basketball. They're getting ready for a big time showdown Thursday night against St. Mary's. And I also want you guys' feedback on Dave Rose. Let me know what you think. We'll hopefully have some responses we can talk about on tomorrow's show. And thanks again to Bill, who emailed the show today. It was great to hear from him. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Locked on Cougars for January twenty second, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day